Terry Canova, Phil Segala back for another look back at the unit. I use overused the word back there. That wasn't a great intro, really, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it on this podcast. We edit very little. They are here again. That's what I should have said for a look back at the Universal Wrestling Federation. This time from July the 5th, 1986. So if I, am I right in thinking there might have been a few sore heads on the day that this, uh, this aired? If there was July the 4th as a Friday... I imagine that might have been quite an interesting night. Would, would, Terry, I imagine you would have been you'd have been bang on it on if you had been at home during this time when you was. Was this this uh, been difficult to have a night out at this time? I would have absolutely been raising hell. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, right. Um, I've, I've got in my notes. How are you both doing, gentlemen? All shout at once. So you all shout at once. I hope you're doing fantastic. We doing are well. great. Good, good. Right, excellent. Now, on with the show. I don't have as many notes on this one as last week, so I, I think this was perhaps not, not quite as good, but don't turn off because I'm sure that we're going to be really good as always. So the show started with the end of last week's action with the Missing Links win over Jack Victory. Ross and Hayes on the commentary platform again, and Ross very nearly welcomed us to the Mid-South Wrestling, but just about managed to pull it back and save the Universal Wrestling Federation. Um, Ross asked Hayes about what and warned him that he wasn't dealing with a normal human. And Hayes, who was great here, said that no one was going to mess with him. Um, up first in reaction was Ken Massey, uh, Nick and Matt's uncle, going up against Chavo Guerrero. I'm not sure many people have looked less like a wrestler than Ken Massey, um, albeit the video quality, again, was such this week that it meant a six-pack might have been lurking somewhere on, under the blur. Um, Hayes speculated that Chavo liked to eat tacos and burritos for breakfast um, every day in a bit of 1980 stereotyping there. Um, there was a really iffy moment as Chavo went for something, probably a Thez press, um, but ended up landing in a, something like a powerbomb position onto Massey's knees as Massey just took this and just folded. It was quite a dangerous looking spot. Um, Guerrero then smashed Massey with a deadlift overhead belly to back suplex of the win in 205. And that finisher was every bit as good as the move before it was bad. Um, Terry, why don't you start us off this week? What did you think of this opener? Yeah, you know, we mentioned last week about uh, Mid Mid South or UWS UWF. We're going with the big guys now. Well, here's here's some young, uh, some smaller guys. Yeah, uh, and uh, good stuff. Chavo was always a good hand, uh, and, and yeah, you're right. Uh, Michael Hayes uh, starts it off being as politically incorrect as as possible uh, in in his commentary. Indeed, um, Phil, over to you. Yeah, I'm going to back it up just a little bit to the opening credits before we talk about this match. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Case, if anybody's interested, in the opening credits, of course, you see the shot of the Superdome each week, right? Um, they show another building. They show a building with uh, – it's a sidewalk view with some trees and a little bit of glass panels on the building. That is the Oklahoma City Myriad. Um, ah, yes. I'm going yeah. to, re I'm going to uh, tweet out a pair. I'm going to – put that picture from 86 and I'm going to take the identical pictures, put it side by side. I'm going to go down there and take a picture. Oh, amazing. Tonight yeah. or tomorrow. Please do. Yeah. But that fantastic. is the, that's, that's the Mary convention center. And then of course it shows the Superdome, which everyone recognizes because they show the, the full building there. Uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, you talk about the moves, uh, you know, every once in a while uh, a botched move is okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're trying hard stuff and, 
if it comes off perfect every time, then you're not trying anything very difficult, right? So Chavo is always fun to watch. All the growers are. Um, he's, uh, you know, extremely athletic. And, and, of course, years before they had a good run, uh, several of the growers had a good run in the uh, Mid-South. So always good to see the, see the growers out there. Yeah. You, you I, know, I, sorry, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Bill, Bill just made a really, really good point about if, if, if this is a real competitive competition, then you're going to have some botched moves. And, and so, so that's a really good point that, that sometimes a, a botched move or two is, isn't the end of the world. Yeah. I, I was going to say on this, this particular one, um, I, I think there was a, you're right there, but there, okay let me so I've got two I've got two thoughts in my mind at the same time and I'm like which do I go with first back to the back to the botches I completely agree sometimes you get a match there's there's something that happens I'm always really really impressed when the wrestlers can just run with it there was there was a match that I saw um which I talked about in the podcast with Will Ospreay and Michael Oku which is the for me the best match I've ever seen live and there was a botch there was a slip on a top rope move one of them near the start and they, they covered for it perfectly and they, they carried on. It was great. This one was, was worrying in that I thought there was quite a level of danger to this in terms of the way that Massey folded, but it seemed, seemed that Chavo was okay, which, which is obviously, obviously good. Um, we, unfortunately on this video, I thought we were going to get adverts again, but actually other, other than a cigarette advert at the beginning, the rest of them are cut out. If you've got mid South tapes, from 8986 and you're uploading on YouTube, do not, do not cut out the video, the adverts, keep them in. Um, back from break, Ross talked about one of the most dramatic moments in the history of the UWF in the unprovoked attack on cowboy Bill Watts, who Hayes had said had taken a walk bound, oh, <laughs> easy for me to say, had taken a walk down Bad Street. Uh, what came next was a near five minute retread of the stuff with Williams and Gordy last week. Now clearly, you know, this was an important angle um, and we got the what subsequent promo as well. So as we covered this on last week's show, we won't go over it again. Um, but, you know, as, as I said, I, I haven't got a massive problem with this. You know, this is the focus of the promotion, the focus of the live shows. Um, so, yeah, this is completely fair enough to to repeat. Actually, when, um, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I got a question that came to mind when I was listening to it the first time. When Watts is talking about the Freebirds being a family, he said about, he said something to the fact he kind of quaked them to the Manson family. Does oh, that right. translate? Yeah. Do you know a, what's that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a, the serial killer, wasn't he? Yeah, well, um, interestingly enough, he, he's given credit for being a serial killer, but he never actually committed any of the murders. Yeah, this is, I know about he, this. He yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He influenced a lot of other people. This is the late 60s. It was a hippie commune type. They call it a cult. The Kool-Aid thing anything. is this. No, no. Oh, it's no. not the Kool-Aid thing. Okay, sorry. I'm mixing my mixing nope. my terrible people obviously in my head here. Yeah, yes, you are. Yeah. No, he just influenced a bunch of folks to go commit some murders of, uh, some, including a uh, an actress, very beautiful young actress Sharon Tate. But I didn't know if if folks in in your side of the world would know who the Manson family was. Oh no, we're we're absolutely obsessed with U.S. crime podcasts, gotcha. documentaries. Yeah, you know, making a murderer. I think my wife and I stayed up to watch that until like okay. three in the morning when that came out. This would have been from the 1960s. I was yeah. just curious. All right, very good. Yeah, no, we, we're we all over all over that like a like a rash in terms of the the true crime stuff. We can't can't. We're listening to a good podcast called Suspect at the moment, which is about uh, something that happened. Crikey, whereabouts was it? Uh, near Seattle is the one we're listening to in, the, in our, on our road trips at the moment. So yeah, and and okay. um, yeah. and I'm sure you probably heard of Serial, which is one of the first ones with the Adnan Saeed sure. case and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we're we're all over it. Sorry, Terry, jump in. 
No, just I was going to say, uh, if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, mm. uh, his latest movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it mm. that movie is around the Manson killings. Oh, is it? And, okay, uh, I've not seen it. Okay. Now, isn't it isn't true i mean it, it, it does have a literally uh hollywood ending but mm. it talk about the manson murders so uh so just to go along with phil ah, okay interesting interesting maybe that'll be one for the for checking out this weekend when i've got a lot of free time on my hands um right where are we we are um we are Back to Ross and Hayes. The crowd were allegedly calling Hayes a rude word and he headed down to the ring. He said there was a dingbat woman in the crowd calling him it and the person who started was Ted Can we not say that word? I'm I don't think you. we can. Yeah, I don't think we can. I looked this up before and it's um, it's quite, yeah. it's a question. It's a questionable one. So I'd rather steer really? away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it starts with a PR. Not, oh, I mean... we can say prissy. We can't say the S one though, I don't think. Okay, now they might have thrown that in there too, but yeah, the main phrase that was coming out in the previous episode, it was prissy. Yeah, prissy, I think is okay. The other one um, is it's one of those it's one of those that's got the negative connotation of of being used in a um, uh, you know you know like I'm doing a bad job explaining this in terms of it's just the, the, the negative connotation around. Okay, I understand. I thought you were dancing around the word prissy. No, 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 no. I'm dancing around the other one. So uh, anyway, so Hayes really was so great here. Again, the crowd erupted as DiBiossi in a phenomenal blue Adidas tracksuit, came down to the ring and went at it with Michael Hayes until Buddy Roberts and then Terry Taylor got in there and all four men brawled. DiBiossi hit a beautiful power slam, but in the background, Taylor missed the clothesline and smashed his neck on the ropes. Gordy then appeared, but Duggan followed, followed him out Crowd electric again for this brawl. And this really reminded me of some of the wild stuff we used to see in Mid-South in 85. Enjoyable stuff. And Ross at his brilliant best on commentary. And Phil, what did you make of this? Oh, yeah. The excitement. This this was a high level of excitement. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, Terry, what did you make of it? Yes, same thing. This is this is DiBiase uh, at his best. And uh, my, my favorite time for DiBiase is in the 85, 86. And, you know, Terry Gordy was one of the best in the world. Uh, you got Duggan in there. I mean, it's just, it, it's all, it's good, it's good stuff. I mean, the Freebirds and, and these guys, uh, they, they kind of magic together. Yeah, I completely agree. In the break, we got one of the local promos, uh, but not for the event. Like last week, we ha- as we explained, Michael Hayes talks about the boys from Bad Street strutting their stuff again and talks about Bill Watts signing a million-dollar death certificate by signing them. Gordy said Watts didn't even make a good referee and that there was no way anyone from, o- from OU University could beat him. Roberts let the side down by being a little bit shouty here and called Watts a drugstore cowboy. Um, Phil, as they slated OU, why don't you go first here? You know, I still write him cards and letters to let him know how <laughs> wrong it is to run down the greatest university football team that ever existed between the last episode of UWF and this one between Ross and Hayes they mentioned the Oklahoma Sooners 17 times I was keeping track there so but yeah he needs to watch his mouth yeah absolutely I thought you wouldn't like that very much uh Terry what do you think here free free birds are great free birds uh one of my all-time favorite tag teams um in and out of the ring. And so uh, anytime, anytime they got some, got some TV time, it's good stuff. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, next up, we had uh, Watts followed, apologising for, again. Sorry, Watts was next, apologising for his sore throat, um, but his neck was still injured. He said the Freebirds were rooted in terrorism. Again, Watts was positive about JYD here, which is interesting, calling him his friend and reminded us again of when uh, the Freebirds had blinded him. Um, Watts said he should have known that they would come for him. Um, I quite like this. What was just decent from the cowboy? Um, Terry, what did you think of this uh, short promo? Yeah, he, he's he's going away from burying his old friend, the dog, uh, who who left to go to the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, and, and he's back friends again uh, to to help build this story because because as everybody in New Orleans knew, uh, the yeah. Freebird did blind the the junkyard dog back in the early '80s, and that was one of the best angles and one of the best superdome crowds of all time yes indeed uh phil over to you oh absolutely watts is is putting aside his personal feelings to build a business using the old backstory with jyd to to give credence to why the the free birds would be coming after him so hard because he ran them out of town yeah indeed um back to the action eddie gilbert was on the microphone and he thanked the free birds and said he had a souvenir in bill watts's own belt then Sting, who they called Sting the Blade Runner, was next going up against Brett Wayne Sawyer. Ross talks about the big card at the Reunion Arena on, 20, on July 27th, a former stronghold of world class. And Jim Ross called it one of the biggest wrestling cards ever put on anywhere. Um, this piqued my interest. So I looked up um, what was on the card on the night and it had the Road Warriors and Bill Watts in the main event versus the Freebirds. Plus, underneath was Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair, version 4,767. And I'm sure that had an excellent finish. Um, the Midnights versus the Rock and Roll Express and Jim Duggan versus Kamala, amongst other matches. Um, in this uh, contest, Sawyer took a big front bump from a clothesline, um, which I don't think I've seen previously. Um, Sting won a match that had had... That, oh, God, <laughs> I was talking too fast and I've lost my chain of thought. Sting won a match that had some iffy moments in five minutes with the press slam and splash combo. I think it's fair to say that Mr. Borden's not quite his polished best at this point, but it wouldn't be far, it wouldn't be far away um, with his famous match with Ric Flair happening a little bit less than two years after this in terms of his first one. Um, Phil, what do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, Sting's coming along. He's improving now in the, in the uh, when Gilbert's talking before the match, Ross had a great line. Ross said that Gilbert's got a mouth so big it has three lips. <laughs> Very so he's good. playing on the uh, the Big Mac hamburger. Big Mac hamburger so big it had three buns, right? So, um, uh, but you you mentioned runner. I mean, that's not unusual, right? Correct, Sting. And yeah, yeah. So, so, but I don't, I think he was called he. They didn't. They hadn't started with him being called Sting. So he was Blade Runner. Kind of which the other Blade Runner, he wasn't Rock, he was right, the other one. Right, but now it, they've right. emerged it to sting with the Blade Runner. But I guess they yeah. dropped the Blade Runner bit at some point. Yeah, they dropped it uh, probably not too long after that. Yeah. They didn't hear any after that. But So we're seeing the, the evolution of things to come, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Terry? Yeah, uh, you know, Brett Wayne is a, is a very good mid-card worker. He's a good worker, good hand. So it's kind of the perfect guy to put in in the ring with Sting and help, uh, you know, help Sting learn, learn the ropes and, and, and also get a win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, as I said, the next ad break was disappointingly cut out. Back on the show, we had Kamala versus The Missing Link. Frank Dusek was back on commentary. 
And Ross reminded us that Akbar was once the manager of the missing link and he had misused him and Link now despised him. Um, I remember Link being largely used as enhancement talent back in late 84. And Dusik said Akbar had got him out of the circus to be arrested, but never paid him. Uh, Link was down with Dark Journey again, which is a little bit of an odd combo for me. Um, but you have to admire Link for living the gimmick with the haircut he was supporting. Massive and big on the back, then load missing with a tuft on the front. At one minute and 50 seconds, Hollywood John Tatum and Jack Vif Victory, along with Missy Hyatt, came out. And Tatum and Victory beat down on Link. Dark Journey tried to make the save, but she was held for Hyatt to strike her with a loaded purse. Link eventually got to his feet and the heels cleared out. Really don't know what to make of this uh, Link and Journey combo. Um, what Terry, what do you think of this? And what do you think of these two being paired together? Not not a huge fan of it at, at all. Um, you know, missing Link being a baby face is almost like George the Animal Steel in the WWE being a baby face. Yeah. It just uh, it, it's a little too cartoonish for me. And and you know, UWF Mid South isn't the cartoon promotion. Uh, now uh, on the flip side, Missy Hyatt was never hard to look at so uh anytime uh at this time when missy was around that was a good thing it's a good day for you uh phil over to you one of the questions i wrote down the first time i watched this through preparing for this fine podcast known the world over as the number one wrestling podcast i wrote down how did missy high or how did dark journey and the missing link get together uh I obviously missed a couple episodes here. I don't know how this came about. I was hoping you would have the backstory, but you know, w, uh, the link just had come from WCCW where he was always a heel. So I'm yeah. with Terry, this is just a strange, strange turn here. Not, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's kind of strange. Dick Murdoch's gone to WWF and I guess it's somewhere in between him going in May and this, this in, this in June, July. So yeah, it's a strange, it's a really strange one. Um, backstage after break, Tatum, Victory and Hyatt were shown. Victory said all it would take was one phone call. Tatum and Hyatt had a little kiss and they laughed about what they had done. Um, they were all talking over each other a bit during this, um, which I wasn't particularly fond of. Hyatt said there's only one woman in professional wrestling. Tatum said he was happy to do the favour. I thought this went on a bit too long and it was a bit like watching kids doing like bad drama. Um Terrible acting, and Tatum had earlier been in world class. And Phil, what did you make of this backstage segment? Yeah, these are something that's coming new to professional wrestling at the time. You know, yeah. these, these were being in the back rooms or the back hallways or in the in the locker room. Um, they obviously not, don't have it polished yet, and even when they do get it polished, in years later, it's I'm just not necessarily a fan of it. Why? Why are the cameras? in the back of the building, right? Yeah. We're here to see a sporting event, but that, that's, it's wrestling. It's fine. Don't have a problem with that. I do remember in the previous episode, Jack at the end of a match, he's outside the ring saying, I'm going to, uh, he's going to um, get back at link with one phone call. If you remember that. So obviously they were setting up this, this scene here. Um, yeah. Not uh, this, this could have gone away. It would have been all right. I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah, indeed. Um, Terry, your thoughts on this. Uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, you know, is what it is. Not, not a, not a huge fan. Yeah. Next up, Gustav. Ha! So we've got Gustavo Mendoza and the Libyan in the next match. There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Versus the Fantastics. Great pop for our tag team champions. Out as always, the sharp dressed man wearing white jackets and red stars and the red trunks. 
Ross said that Taylor was due to wrestle later, but he may not be able to now due to his laceration he got. Um, Ross did a great job putting over how good the Fantastics were on commentary, and Frank was good here as well. Um, This was a total showcase of the champions with them winning, with Rogers dropping Fulton on one of their opponents in a press slam for the win in two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, Terry, what did you think of our heroes, the Fantastics here? You know... They uh they they spend more time kissing the girls outside the ring sometimes as they do in uh, they, <laughs> right. But uh, they're good. They're a great team and uh, always fun to watch. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Phil, what do you think of this? I uh, heard a made a note. I heard a story recently. Um, Bobby Hines was our uh, you know um, is that his real name? What's what? Not Tommy Rogers. Uh, Fulton. His real name is he Hines? Bobby Hines. Anyway, uh, I heard him. Um, yeah. Anyway, he was, uh, as Dusik mentioned, you know, uh, he mentioned Dusty Hill of ZZ Top, who's, you know, the, the, the bass player for, for ZZ Top. And, Stephen, you've talked in the past about how you wondered how some of these uh, licensing for the music worked. You know, yes. they were just using music, right? And then, and then on, the, on the WWE Network, they cut out the, the original music because of licensing and stuff. Um, back then, I've heard the story. I heard it recently. But the Fantastics, uh, they had talked to um, the members of ZZ Top after they'd been using their music, and they highly approved and liked it. They were right. flattered yeah. that the Fantastics had, had used their music. Yeah, I mean, you think, I mean, I, I remember that uh, we talked about this, I can't remember where I read it, but I think it was maybe a couple of million people were watching this show just in the old Mid-South region yeah so i mean yeah. that's that's big that's that's big publicity for any band of any stature in terms of hearing that you know well i hear i hear music on um i mean it's much easier now uh to to, to know because you can hold your phone up and have an app and it will tell you what the song is but right. i was listening to i was watching something on netflix the other night and it was had a great right really really good soundtrack and like every single song i was like shazam download shazam download right. and that's the same thing this they, they, they told you who it was so next time you were in your shopping mall or something you'd be buying that on uh, on vinyl wouldn't you on a, on a cassette um finally after a worrying few moments moments of darkness and then a kind of an old vhs style blue screen uh, we finally got back to the action in ring with the free birds and out came jim duggan terry taylor and steve williams and we were into an impromptu six-man tag every time they did get into it the crowd was so into this um, but they were seemingly very careful not to give too much away. And there was quite a lot of stalling. And um, even though the bell went, I, I thought I heard a bell earlier, um, but then a ring announcer got in there and said it would now be a six man. So I didn't really understand that. Um, so I stopped my stopwatch and started again, even though this time there wasn't a bell, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, no one cares about that. And uh, was kitted out in blue, which I can't recall ever seeing him wear before. Um, and now, again, as has become more of a trope in Mid-South UWF recently, um, this match went off the air with the credits rolling as Dusik screamed. Um, I think he said, this is why Mid-South is one of the top two wrestling shows in the country rather than UWF. Um, Ross said that next week, the Fantastics would be in action against Tatum and Victor. And that was that. Uh, not as strong as last week, but still great fun, I thought. Um, Phil, what are your final thoughts on this closing segment and the show from July of, the 5th, 1986 overall? A couple of, couple of quick things. And, and, um, and, and you mentioned when the screen went dark there for a moment, you're not going to like the reason why it went dark. I'll tell you what was happening right there. I'll go on. Whoever was videotaping purposely cut out the commercials the advertisements they oh, cut them I out see. yeah he paused the machine and then started it back up uh, um both of these episodes uh the one we covered last week 
uh, UWF um, yep. at the end of, and then this week that we're covering, they both closed the, the same way with the match still going. And I mentioned that to you a year or two ago um, when WCCW would broadcast from the arenas or film in the arenas like UWF has now started. And I mentioned that last week. They're, you're not getting the end of the last match. You're not seeing yeah. the end of the resolution. You 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 want to go buy a ticket because you're obviously the wrestling is going on a lot longer than the TV show. So now you got more incentive to get down there and buy your ticket because yes. it's it's not a TV show. Yeah, exactly. It's stopping not, exactly in the minute. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good marketing um, ploy, actually, really there. And Terry, what are your final thoughts on this week's of UW this week's UWF television? Exact same thing. Uh, great. Great ending shows like that because make you buy a ticket and uh, and and see those. Um, it 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 also. Um, uh, I'm sorry, my. Uh, we can still hear you. You can still hear you, Terry. Just got, can't see you now, unfortunately, but we can still hear you. Yeah, I think somebody's looking for me. I guess. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a ticket seller, and uh, and a good way to end the show makes it realistic. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to having the match end right at the end of the show. Uh, one other thing I noted, I mentioned Frank Dusick, remembering him in the Mid-South. Uh, he was there in the 80s, uh, uh, in mid-80s uh, or mid-1980. Um, kind of a lower card guy. He must have gotten injured and became a manager because I see him in a lot of opening matches in the early cards and the only common denominator is that the, he's there at the same time as the Freebirds. Okay. so i'm guessing maybe somebody that was close with with those guys and uh you know they they probably helped helped get him back on with the uh uwf ah interesting now i've, I've thoroughly yeah sorry I, i've thoroughly enjoyed these two weeks i think again this is it seems to be things are picking up again sorry phil go over to you yeah just one quick comment i know you were going to wrap it up here but a couple of things came to mind i would I just want to make mention of them yeah go ahead one at the in the closing credits when they're running the television credits of the show and the name of who the producer is and all that they show alf's formal wear it wouldn't be another year or so after this that my wedding tuxedo came from alf's formal wear ah, so that was right. a memory that came in. yeah jim ross jim ross made a comment i'll show you how how much dedicated how dedicated the fans were to get out to wrestling shows Jim Ross mentioned that they had done a wrestling show in his hometown of Westville, Oklahoma. Okay. The population is less than a thousand. Okay. There's not another town within an hour drive and that's Fort Smith, Arkansas. Yeah. But he said they had over two and a half thousand people come to the show. Wow. So uh, the entire town, at least another and a half, one and a half thousand people drove over an hour. At least that many drove an hour yes. to get to that that televised wrestling show, and that's how important these matches were to us back in the day. Yeah, this this is a uh, eighty six is a really interesting year. Um, uh, it's because really Crockett is on the way down at this point. Their booking is on the way down. UWF suffers from obviously the the economic issues in their home markets, but. And WWF has just really failed at the box office WrestleMania 2 just a few short months before this. Um, but then obviously everything really would change in 87 when 
um, the WF really struck gold with with uh, with Andre and Hogan, and and they really were off the right off the races. And eighty eight was fine for them. Eighty nine with hit with Hogan and Savage was to a completely different level. And that was their biggest ever business year up to that point. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we've got, we've got plenty of UWF wrestling still to enjoy before, uh, before 87 is out of the way. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I'll have a think about what we do next. Will we do episodes in, in, the, in the months to come or weeks to come, or whether we do it on a special event, but I will be in touch with you both uh, in due course. Do, do, do you course? Do you do course? Can I say that? Yeah, quite. It's been a long day. Too much golf everything's gone on today so if my sums are correct next week i'll have a review of AEW double or nothing with probably mark and dan i haven't asked them yet but hopefully they're around if i've won the lottery between now and then i'll be there live but i think it's unlikely to see <laughs> challenge hangman page to the world title i was there live when, when cm punk lost his last world title to the rock in phoenix oh. in 2013 and i don't think i'm going to be in las vegas when he challenges again. i don't think he's going to win either but that is all to come Gentlemen, thank you very much as ever. We should thank you all for your continued support of the podcast and we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts. And for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.